there is a game that is taking the internet by storm and has AAA developers shaking in their boots. I am of course talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Now if you haven't heard of this game, stay tuned, we'll talk about why this game is so important, why developers are scared, and why I'm frustrated with a lot of the discourse on this conversation. Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. My name is Stephen Philosopher Napier and welcome to the show. As the assistant director of esports and arena at Western Michigan University, I am lucky enough to turn my passion for gaming into a career. I've organized tournaments, I've competed in tournaments, commentated in fighting game tournaments and different kinds of tournaments now. Um, and whether behind the scenes or in the thick of the action, gaming is a big part of my life, which is why this important topic has to be talked about, right? I'm stumbling over my words because I am so passionate about this topic and I've wanted to talk about it for a while, uh, but I'm finally here talking about it. So let's. Let's just get right into this episode. I really want to just dig into this and talk only about this. Now, there's a game called Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Baldur's Gate is a pretty old series. It goes back a long time, I think back to the 90s on PC. And I've always liked the series, but I've never really fully gotten into the game. Uh, I thought it was a little bit complicated. And I never really got a chance to just dig into it like I wanted to. Uh, but Baldur's Gate 3, has been made a lot more accessible and since then I've gotten a lot older and a lot wiser. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, or Baldur's Gate in general, if you didn't know, is based heavily off of D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Baldur's Gate is a location in the D&D world. And so this game was developed by Larian Studios. And I wanna try to make sure I get my facts straight. So first off, I wanna backtrack a little bit to the original origin of all this discourse. And I wanna read the post. And there's a lot more to this. So what I'll do is I'll try to share all the links so that you can follow the breadcrumbs yourself. I'm gonna butcher this name. I'm gonna butcher this name, but there's a guy named Zalavir? Zalavir? <laughs> I'm sorry. Xalvir Nelson Jr. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but he's on Twitter here and he says, like a lot of people, I'm deeply excited about what the lovely folks at Larian accomplished with Baldur's Gate 3. But, but I want to preemptively, but I want to gently preemptively push back against players talking. Why can't I say this? Okay, let me try this again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to gently preemptively push back against players taking that excitement and using it to apply criticism or array standard to RPGs going forward. And he has a, a one, that's the first out of 10 in this post. He goes on to talk a lot about this, uh, but that caused a lot of discourse. Now this guy, I think is a writer for a smaller publishing company. I'm not sure, uh, Strange Scaffold. I don't know much about them. They're not huge. And, and from what I've seen, um, so I don't really want to take my frustration out on him because he doesn't specify AAA studios or anything like that. Uh, but this kind of led to a cascade effect where a lot of other people started jumping into this conversation. Um, he actually had a lot of follow ups behind it because he got a lot of interaction on this. You guys, you can imagine uh, he had. Yeah, there, there was a lot. If you look at the stats, the link will be in there. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. But you had a lot of people who agreed with this and that is where the problems start with me. So I wanna get into some of the stats of this game just so that we can give some context to it. So it looks like Larian previously confirmed that Baldur's Gate 3 sold around 2.5 million copies during its prolonged early access and into uh, its actual release, which is probably gonna be more, uh, maybe around 3 million by the time, you know, I upload this podcast. Uh, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of people, right? And I know I'm trying to find the most updated numbers because I've seen 80,000, concurrent players, which is a lot, um, but I don't know all the different consoles and stats and stuff like that, but this game is doing very, very well. And the game, you know, I got it as a birthday gift. So that's kind of like how I 
fell into this whole topic is because I started learning about the game and I'm like, okay, how do I play the game? I want to get into this. I'm really getting big into D&D and I've been really hankering for a new campaign. And this is great because I don't have to actually schedule with three to four other people to play, uh, which is really nice. But I also can play it because it's co-op, right? And I got to talk about how the developers really made a great game. Now, I have not beaten the game yet. I've only spent maybe like five or six hours in the game so far so i'm not deep into it but i've looked at a lot of the reviews i've looked at a lot of pro tips and things on how to play the game apparently it has like 12,000 endings which i thought was like ridiculous like maybe just tiny tweaks here and there but i've been playing in two campaigns i've been playing as my own in my own as a druid i think i'm a half elf uh no a drow druid and then i'm playing in my friend's campaign as well where i'm playing like a dragonborn paladin and my experience alone is ridiculous uh, because I've seen a lot of differences in interactions with characters, but but not only that, I'm playing my friend's campaign with the Paladin. Uh, he's got a lot more hours in the game than I do, for sure. Every time I see him on Steam, he's playing the game. <laughs> so he has another campaign that he's playing, and he'll tell me a little bit about, like, oh, I didn't even see this whole entire thing. Like, this is completely different. And the more I'm playing the game, the more I'm like, wow, there's a lot of different, like, interactions that you're not going to have on your, like, your own playthroughs and such. And and the fact that I can play in his campaign with my own character and have my own interactions with all the different NPCs and such, and even other characters on our, our team, and have a, a different relationship with those characters than his character in that same campaign is crazy. It's like really like D&D. And I, the amount of work they put in to this game, I cannot undervalue. Like, I cannot undersell this. It is ridiculous how good this game actually is in terms of like a, a tactical turn-based RPG. I don't know if I'd say tactical, classic turn-based RPG, something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just like the story is very in-depth. You can make your own characters. There's also pre-made characters that if you don't want to make your own character. Uh, there, There's a lot in this game, and I'm starting to see how there can be a lot of different endings based off of so many different things. It's it's nuts. I can't undersell that. It is It is nuts. But that leads me to the fact that, yeah, the game is crazy good. And here's the kicker too. They don't have any microtransactions in the game and they don't have any plans to put microtransactions into the game. For those who may not play a lot of games, microtransactions are essentially ways of nickel and diming you into spending more money on things. A lot of times it's arbitrary stuff like cosmetics and whatnot. If you play phone games, then you you know what a microtransaction is. It's those things they're trying to sell you like the in-game currency and such. It's slightly different usually on console or PC based games, but it's the same idea. They're trying to get your money even though you've already spent money on the game. With a phone game, usually it's a free game and they make their money through those microtransactions. Uh, but a lot of the older people like myself, you pay 60 bucks for a game, you're not planning to pay another 20 to 30 bucks for parts of the game that should already be in the game. It's kind of nuts. And the fact that Larian sold the game for 60, which the average price is now 70, I believe. Let me double check that. Let me, let me verify that. Yep. So the regular, the standard version of Baldur's Gate 3 is 60 bucks. A lot of games nowadays are 70. Uh, I haven't checked the console price, but on Steam, it's 60. Um, so there's a lot of people who are charging 70 bucks for their game and then like another 20 to 30 bucks for a bunch of other extra crap like season passes and whatnot. And some of these developers have more money and have more in terms of their staff than Larian Studios does. Larian has about 400 plus staff. Um, if you look at other developers like Blizzard or EA, they all have more. Blizzard, EA, what's another one? Bungie, for example, the people who make Destiny, they have like 1,500. Blizzard has 8,500 plus. Um, Bioware has 500 plus. 
So these developers, there's no excuse for them. You know, the, a lot of their, a lot of the issue with these developers is that the publishers and the developers don't have a healthy relationship. And then the publishers and developers and their customers don't have a healthy relationship. And that's a very broad term because there's so much internal components to all of this where it's like there's crunch hours where they, they set unrealistic timelines for when the game should be out um a lot of times similar to movies they'll try to say i want this in the game because i want to make money more than making a good game a lot of times it's very much about making money rather than making a solid game that'll bring you in money because the game itself is good it's like people are trying to really fine-tune how to get you addicted to a game that's like subpar and just milk as much money out of you as possible i've worked in game development that's what my degree is in i've worked at gamestop for six years I've worked in tournament organizing and, and, and marketing. They intentionally try to get you hooked on a game rather than trying to make a good game. That's not like a conspiracy theory or some tin hat, you know, kind of thing. That's that's like marketing 101. That's business. And that's not what a lot of people got into game development for or why a lot of people play games. So the fact that a company comes around that isn't the hugest, but isn't like small by any means, makes a solid game, a good, good game, puts it out there. And now there's people out there trying to defend studios saying this shouldn't be the expectation. I hard disagree. I hard disagree. Now there is room for nuance and I don't think smaller, you know, indie developers or smaller developers that aren't AAA should be held to the same standard, but it's something they should aspire to. So I don't understand why somebody would preemptively put this out there. So even though, again, this person wasn't talking specifically about AAA, you know, they're going to be slipping that in there. And that's, that's to me, that is idiotic. I'm sorry. I I've talked about this with a few friends here and there, and I, I, I do want to have room for nuance, but no, I I'm sorry. If someone comes around and makes a great game, we should be studying that and seeing how do we rise our, why do we, how do we as developers raise our standards, right? Is this really unreachable? Clearly not, because someone has done it and they haven't done it with the biggest budget. They actually spent money to acquire the IP so not only are they smaller than some of these other developers out here that make Diablo or, or Destiny and all these other games, they spent money to get the IP to make the game, okay? So if you have a good argument for why we shouldn't raise our standards as consumers for a 60 to $70 game plus DLC on top of that for a lot of these developers, let me know. Like, give me a valid point because I think that is pure nonsense. And that's why I don't spend full price on games nowadays. A lot of people will say, you're not getting this game. I'm like, no, I'm not spending full price on a game knowing damn well that it's not worth that price. I'll wait for it to go on sale or I just will miss it. I'm a hardcore gamer. I consider myself a hardcore gamer, but I'm 36 years old now. I'm not wasting my money, right? I got a wife and a kid and I got other obligations. I'm not wasting my damn money on subpar games like if a game is really really good or it's going to bring me back money right like street fighter 6 for example i'm not making like money off of tournaments and stuff like that but i'm hosting tournaments i'm planning tournaments at work i'm working with the kalamazoo fgc so that is an investment to get that game day one and to get the dlc so that we can keep doing tournaments and everything but a single player game or some online game that comes out and is already having microtransactions the day you spend money on the game i i feel like my intelligence and my my time and my finances are all being insulted by these developers. I, I can't take them seriously. And I don't think you should either. I think there's a lot of younger people who grew up used to spending a lot of money on games and they really need to actually like open their eyes and look at like, why are you spending so much money on this? It took me years and years to realize that I'm just throwing away a lot of my money. Like I did acquire a collection and I was really proud of that. I ended up selling some of that and I regretted that. 
But as I got older, I got wiser with spending my money on these games. I still do spend, like, I, I'll buy games on sale that are like five, ten bucks and never play them, or I'll wait for years before I play them. But I'm not breaking my bank doing it, right? Uh, and I think this should be a wake-up call for consumers and developers, right? I, to me, this is it's a silly conversation in the first place. It shouldn't even be a conversation. I don't know why this guy said this. I don't I don't know why. I have to go and like really dig deep to see what the hell he was talking about. Because I think it was an unnecessary statement in the first place. And the fact that I have to even talk about this is crazy. But I had to throw my hat into the ring because I have a lot of experience in a lot of these different facets. I used to be a journalist. You know, I used to get games for free and I used to write articles and get paid to do that. You know, I sold video games for six years to people. I worked on video games for like four years um, and didn't make a lot of money doing that. You know, I went four years of school to learn how to make video games and studied it. <laughs> I played games since I was four years old. So I have a lot of experience and a lot of, I think, authority to talk about these topics. And while I don't want to have a full on game review website anytime soon, like I would like to do that, but I don't think the money's there for me right now. But I will say this is silly. But I do, I do want to have some discourse, right? I, I, I'm very passionate about this topic, and clearly I've drawn my line in the sand. But if you have a valid point as to why you disagree, please clarify that. And I'm talking about AAA studios specifically. Like indie studios, I'm not holding them to the same expectation, although there are games out there that can be made with one person that are great. Look at Minecraft, look at games like Stardew Valley or Terraria or, or uh, Starbound. Uh, I just played Forager. I think that game is great. That's one person, you know, Fez back in the day. There's really great games that one person can make within their means. You don't need to hold it up to the quality of something like Larian Studios' uh, Baldur's Gate 3. But I, I, I hate lowering your standards, right? I, I think that's something as I've gotten older is that I don't like mediocrity. And I don't think anyone should be aspiring for mediocrity in the first place. Like, yeah, maybe you don't hit that game. I don't think you should be like someone like Peter Molyneux, for example, where you're you're acting like your game is the best game, but it's really not. I'm not saying be delusional and say your game is the best game. No, I'm saying actually make the effort to try to make the best game that you have or that you can and work with what you have. Don't lie about it and say it's the best game ever. Or it's going to be the best game ever because that's just as bad in my opinion. But as developers, you should be trying to set yourself to high expectations, not overworking your staff and making them work 18,000 hours a day, um, every single day with no breaks, right? There are actual moral choices that I think these people need to make and give them more time and pay them more. But clearly, uh, you know, maybe we'll have an update talking about how Larian overworked their staff and they're like miserable and depressed and like really sad. But until that information comes out, we're going to assume that they're pretty happy with their work and have had people come out here and defend it. And that's when we heard more about like, hey, we paid for the IP. But also as consumers, we should have high expectations of what we spend our money on. I don't like how easily a lot of people just throw away their money. Like it's none of my business, whatever. You want to you want to throw away your money on dumb shit? <sighs> more power to you. But I, I think as I see a lot of these younger kids around me, you know, because I work at a college, I work in competitive games. I see a lot of these younger kids spending money on dumb shit and then acting like they don't have any money. And you can't you can't do both. You can't say I want to buy this game for 70 bucks and then buy the season pass for 30 bucks, spend $100 on a damn game and then say you don't have any money. And I can say that because I 
I never said it out loud that I didn't have any money because I knew that I was spending money on dumb stuff playing games and I lived by myself at like 22, 21, whatever. But there's people who are kind of delusional with how they spend their money and then saying they don't have any money. Like there, there's that's a whole other conversation that gets into like, you know, economics and whatnot. But I'm talking specifically about people that I've seen that spend money on games and card packs and, and Warhammer and whatever it may be, but then act like they don't have any money. Uh, I'm sorry, those aren't priorities for survival. Uh, maybe for your happiness, but I don't want to judge. I don't want to get into too much of that specifically, but I do I do think that a lot of people need to face reality about how they're spending their money. And that's kind of like, I don't know why I delved into this specifically off of just the game, but I also think it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I'm always trying to work on trying to get better at spending my money. And I think that's something that the average person should always be trying to aspire to do as well. So <laughs> to get back to the main point, Baldur's Gate 3 is a great game. This wasn't supposed to be a review for the game, but it is a great game. I, I, I've not beaten it, but so far, it is good. If you like D&D or you've ever been interested in D&D but don't want to commit to it for either, you know, shyness or because it's overcomplicated um, or it's hard to schedule with people, I think Baldur's Gate is a great alternative. It is online co-op. Uh, it's also offline co-op. So you could technically, if you're on Steam, do sh like a, was it share play, remote play, something like that. So if you have a friend that's interested in playing it but doesn't want to pay for it um, or maybe doesn't have the PC to accommodate, that's something that you can try out and do like an online session. I've been treating like playing this game like a D&D session with my buddy. Um, so that way we can play a game together. And uh, he has his own campaign that he can still play. And I have my own that I can still play when we're not able to connect together. Uh, I recommend it. I recommend trying it out. If you have the time and money, go for it. This is a game that I actually think is worth 60 bucks, um, which is rare for me to say. So yeah, again, let me know your thoughts on this. I I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you do disagree with me, come with a good points like come come to me with a, a good argument as to why you feel the way that you feel uh, if you do agree and you have or have not played the game i'd love to know your thoughts on what you've seen so far again thank you guys so much all the links will be down in the description down below again i'm the philosopher thank you guys so much and i will see you all in the next one